0: Hello, and welcome back to Road to Permanency. Uh, My name is Jess, I will be your host again today, and today I am here with Sadie to talk about mentorship and paid support. Uh, Sadie, I can let you introduce yourself.
1: Hey Jess, thanks so much. My name's Sadie, I'm 30 years old from St. John, New Brunswick, and I'm here to talk about paid relationships and supports and mentorship.
0: Amazing. Uh, so just to, to kind of start off, we're just going to, um, like obviously a youth from care and everything has some paid um, support around them like constantly. Yeah. Well, not constantly, but throughout their lifetime. Can we just talk about like what some of those supports are um, sure. just for people who might not know?
1: Yeah, so definitely like support workers, social workers, um, anybody who's there in a paid capacity or volunteers. So it could be something like Big Brothers, Big Sisters, um, any sort of network that helps the kids and families that are a paid or volunteer support would kind of fall into that bridge.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so, talking about the, these um, these roles and these people in these roles, uh, what kind of personality or what kind of person or personality traits do you? think these people in these places should have or should aim to have?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, Like definitely one of the things like about these positions is like trust, so much trust. You really, these kiddos don't have anybody they can really trust. You're there to advocate for them and support them. Um, So compassion, kindness, empathy is a huge one. Um, Most of these kiddos – They've come from rough situations. They need these extra supports because they don't have that support at home. Yeah. Um, whether it be a support worker um, who comes and takes them out for different experiences that they wouldn't have access to, or like I mentioned previously, like Big Brothers Big Sisters, um, trying to think of some others YMCA, yeah. <laughs> um, like any sort of any sort of support. Yeah, you just need a lot of empathy, understanding, um, patience is probably a big one. Um, and you really, you got to be able to talk about the hard things because most of these kids are going to want to talk to you about things they can't talk about at home. And um, some of it's loaded heavy stuff. Yeah, I know.
0: Of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have to be open and yes, yeah, open. definitely That's, understanding yeah, and patient too, I, I would think. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Especially
1: so, with the smaller kiddos. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Most no, definitely. Uh, uh,
0: so for in these positions, a lot of times it's like you're creating a circle of care around uh, these youth in care. Uh, who, like who do you think they should like, I guess, recruit or look for in a circle of care?
1: Um, It's really difficult, I guess, but, like, <laughs> uh, it's hard. It's really fit for each child sort of individually, oh. really what each child needs. Um, but definitely, like, somebody, like, I wrote here, like, fill in where the parents can't. Not yeah. that they need to be a third parent, but if... You notice that maybe financially the family isn't so secure. You could help with taxes, um, different things like that. So like to get different supports in depends on the age, I guess, like a lot of different factors, but somebody who they can trust, somebody who they can go out with and, and talk to and not have to worry about sort of the backlash of their daily life spilling onto them. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, that's that's perfect, <laughs> um, and a little bit of mentorship too. I'll probably ask you like I would like basically the same thing in mentorship, yeah, and um, I guess like. I don't know. Personally, like I I um I enjoy doing mentorship just because like I can connect with other youth from care and stuff, but I guess like you don't have to be necessarily from care. But what yes. Yeah. No, <laughs> what can exactly. you uh like what can you look for in a mentor or a mentor? Um it's funny that you say that because I I mentored
1: with Big Brothers Big Sisters for a while and it actually wasn't for me, like, admittedly. <laughs> like it, it takes a lot. Um but just honestly, just all the same kind of qualities you really want somebody who can Kind of bring their life to a level of more normalcy and kind of fit into mainstream, be able to rear a child and, like, help them turn into a successful member of society okay. that can contribute and, um, yeah, just help where where it's not at home.
0: Uh, and I think we kind of mentioned it a little bit already. Uh, like we talked about big brothers and big sisters yeah. Um, and you mentioned some like YMCA programs, but is there any, this could be for anyone around, but uh, like of any supports already in place that were really helpful, like for you specifically? So like or? when
1: I was in care, there was a couple programs. It was very different. Um, I I think there is more programming now. I'm not super hyper aware of it, but like I had access to support workers. Um, one, One downfall and one thing I will say is like when you're talking mentorships and stuff, it's very, like I said, trust is so important. I had a support worker who worked with me for years and I felt like I could tell her everything. And then when I got taken out of my home, that support was removed for me. I no longer had access to her and she went and worked with the family I was taken from, um, just because she already knew the case and all of those good details, which is fine, but it broke a huge level of trust inside of me. So, um, definitely like we need more support workers. Um,
0: Uh, definitely more people like on the like team of the youth Uh, that's definitely important It's like what things like are already in place like to reach out for but I think we already like we talked about it (laughs) yeah and
1: yeah so supports yeah YNCA programs my my son participates in a youth orchestra program for low income families which is a really really so just it's all about finding resources and again like that's something the support person can do is help find resources and reach out to the community and Um, help the young folk get involved in things they like and find out what they like. Maybe they don't have those opportunities without that support.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So touch on more experiences. Like I think experiences are such a huge part of life. Like the more you experience, I feel the better your life will be in like any context, like experiencing music, um, different sports uh, concerts, all these different things that kiddos don't. Not that every support person can like yeah. take kiddos to concerts, but just different experiences. I think really help. Um, yeah, just the use identity. Like, how, like they don't. It's hard to build your identity when you don't have the experiences to know what you don't like or what you do like or so even me in my 30s now, like I'm still finding out who I am, what I like, what I don't like, learning to set limits where I need to, um, learning how those limits work, um, lots of things. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's yeah, it's really true, actually, because a lot of youth from care, like, yeah, just in general, don't have those opportunities to uh, explore the world, really. So when yeah. they get out into the world, it's such a shock and can be traumatizing or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so much I more remember, even on top of it. Yeah. No, yeah, no, go
1: ahead. I remember going to different, like, foster homes, even. Like, I had lived in a small town fishing community, a three-bedroom trailer <laughs> Lots of land, but then they plopped me into Ross Hay, New Brunswick, which is, like, not to be cliche, but it's, like, sort of the most uppity part of, um, like, lots of middle-class, upper-class families out there. Um, and, like, the house I was put in was, like, a mansion compared to what I was used to. And the food was, like, so elegant compared to what I was used to. Like... Um, and the healthy options, like those, even those things, like I was so unaware of the world. And then from there I was put into an inner city foster home, which was an even bigger change from, because at least like societally, I guess, from Musquash to Rossay, like they were both kind of country sort of vibes. Rossay wasn't so developed, um, And then they put me into the middle of the North End, which, like, all my classmates were smoking weed, doing drugs, drinking at middle school age. And, like, I didn't even know what marijuana was. So, like, (laughs) I, like, just the utter, like, um... An like, intelligence, call, yeah. I guess, about what the world was and, like, what was out there and what was going on. Like, nobody really prepared me for that. Um, so, like, definitely supports for that. Supports for, like, things like taxes. Um, like, my son's bike tire broke and I don't even know how to change it. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, just things. I don't even know how to change my car tire. <laughs> yeah. So, like, supports just to kind of get people to a baseline in life. I feel like if I would have had more education in these different circumstances, I would have been further than I am today. because um, I've had, I've had to catch up on all of these different things and, and reestablishing trust and how it works for me and breaking down those walls of like the broken trust from paid relationships. Um, Just because they're paid, they go where they're needed. So when they're done, um, they move on to the next client. Most of the time, there's confidentiality or, sorry, different rules where you can no longer speak to them. You can't have contact with them after. Um, A lot of different things like that that are supposed to protect the youth in care as much as the employee um, but it is very difficult to have those relationships end. So, like, then, then what do you do when those paid relationships end? Because all of your support is paid or volunteered for, and then when it's gone... It's like you lose a piece of you. Like, it's like you're losing friends all the time. Yeah, someone
0: that, that would, like, you're like, oh, this person's here for me. Like, yeah, oh. and, and a support, right?
1: One? You're losing a support. So, yeah. and you do feel that. And when you're a kid from CARE and you have no support and then someone comes in to support you and then you lose it because that program's over or that support is over, um, I can remember finding out, I so I've lived on my own since I was 15, at the age of 18, I found out I was pregnant and I had been living in like a, a, program for youth at risk and had my own apartment. And I immediately got evicted out of the program because I was pregnant and the program could not um, sustainably like help a teen yeah. mom. It was not what that program was for. So then I had to go find a new program that could help with teen moms. And so it's all a bit like that cohesive too. And The support, again, paid support, the support I had from those programs. I felt so close to then and now like they don't even say hi to me on the street because I was their client and they were my paid support. And yeah, and that's a where that line kind of ends. So it's, yeah, yeah, it can be difficult for
0: sure. Speaking of those skills, actually like going back a little bit to that, cause that was actually a really good point. Sure. Um, like changing a tire and like, uh, like just financially like taxes. I have no idea how to do my taxes. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <me> it's, <laughs> it's a mystery, but um, like, I don't know what kind of like I guess like programs and stuff. I don't know if there is any or like if you think there should be like <laughs> like classes or like programs um to help kind of like even just like housing and like financial like literacy kind of thing.
1: So when I was we'll say aging out, I aged out in a very different way. Um, but when I was aging out at fifteen, I had gone home to live with my mom. Did not last, and then I was out on my own. Um, when that was happening, I took an independent living class that taught us like things about nutrition. they took us to the grocery store. but it okay. was like very mundane things we learned in high school. It wasn't things we really needed um it wasn't real life education yeah. i I don't count my calories to the, today <laughs> i don't I don't look at you know what I mean so yeah. like it was very fact based um, instead of life-based. So I don't, maybe it would be better if they had someone with real life experience to come in and teach those programs as opposed to folks who have a huge budget to spend on groceries and really don't have to struggle with that stuff. Um, I did not find the program overly helpful, but I'm still glad I took it. I did get a lot of good out of it. Um, but yeah, they definitely need need to have more resources for real life things. So like changing a tire, doing taxes, um, lots of this should be in high schools to be honest. Yeah, and then it would think. just kind of mainstream <laughs> it for all the kids. They would all have access to the same stuff. Um, which is that's really what it's all about leveling the playing field. So just giving support to get folks and care up to where other kids are, um, other kids, like not everybody, but lots of people, moms or dads teach you how to change tire. Um, but if you don't have that support and you don't, you're full of paid relationships who are always leaving. Then maybe you don't have that trust to reach out and to want to want to build anything with someone. And that's another thing: if people are constantly leaving from paid supports it's a challenge to really learn to build with anyone. Um, I'm going through that a lot right now. I went to therapy yesterday and who, it was a hard one. Um, mm-hmm. that PTSD will get you. Um, but yeah, it, uh, like it's difficult. I'm, I'm 30 and I'm still kind of reworking my relationships and, and redefining my trust and how I look at myself in a relationship. Um, so yeah, it, it can be difficult. So it's about like managing long-term relationships as well, not putting as many short-term programs in, maybe connecting folks with, um, yeah, a longer-term program that can kind of sustain and really build that trust instead of like, being there for two months and then being like, oh, I'm starting to like you and just starting to open up. Yeah. And, then and then that door closes and you're on to somebody else. I feel so fortunate. I actually have had the same therapist since I was 10 years old, which oh, is wow. so unheard of. Um, and she, I mean, her and one other girl, but I've always bounced between the two. And I've I've ran with this one the longest. But uh, she's amazing. She's phenomenal. And I'm so fortunate. But she she is really the only paid support. And I mean, she has a paid support, but, um, like she's invited to my graduation and she's going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like, there's a little bit of a, of a, blurred line there with us. Um, but like 20 years building that relationship. Um, she's literally watched me grow up yeah, from really a little true. girl. I was 10 when I started with her. So, um, but that's the only paid relationship that I really have. And, So much of my life has been built around paid relationships and the fact that only one is left. Like that speaks volumes to how much you lose when you come out of care. Yeah, that's really true. Um, or come into adulthood without the support that you should have had.
0: So we're just uh, like looking at community, like a circle of care and everything in the community. How can these supports start to look uh, look for people to build in that community? Or like how do you know what to go- look for uh, when building a circle of care around one of these youth?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. So like the circle of care could be anyone really, um, coaches, anyone involved in arts, music teachers, teachers at school, Um these are all different volunteer positions that can help build that community. And when your paid supports are over, you hope by the end of that, that you've kind of built that community up that can sustain the kiddo. So um, if a paid support is helping to build that branching out, getting the kid involved, um, say the kiddo loves music and they're in a music program, just kind of nurturing that and, And supporting that. And then when they're older, that music program, that music family, that music support kind of follows them. So as hopefully the goal is to once you're done with your paid supports that you have, you have built a community that can sustain, um, your friendships your goals so that when you lose that paid support you're left with what they gave you what you built together and it's not you're not just losing your paid support and then it's done you've established your place in that section whether it's dance class whether it's guitar lessons cello lessons softball whatever it is you've built and that's camaraderie right so like you make friends, you build relationships, you build networks, the more experiences you get, as I mentioned earlier, like the more you can kind of branch out, um, the more people you meet, the more people are in your corner. So just really trying to like build that network up of support so that they can sustain them after they're gone is so important um like i said like coaches um yeah big brothers big sisters like i mentioned boys and girls club is another one um there's a lot but just get them involved in the community if the home is not as good the community can kind of build build their home for them um
0: yeah, so get involved. Yeah, I definitely like, like, even, like, sports or, like, music, something, like, the, like kid was interested in. Um, I think that, like, I don't know. <laughs> at the same time, they're learning and, uh, like, creating these skills that they want to have that sometimes they may not have the opportunities to, I think. Yes, really yes exactly.
1: Idea. I mentioned earlier a youth orchestra program that my son's involved in, um, and they were just going over the statistics of it at the concert last night, and it costs $3,000 a year for each kid to be in that program and it's completely free of charge to Uh, like there's a couple schools there's only select schools they do it in um but it's completely free of charge they only have a certain number of spots um but that family that network will always be there he can travel up through that it's a part of his identity and as i was saying earlier it's really hard to build your identity when you don't have the experiences in your life to know like what you like, what you don't like. Um, and if you don't build with anything, then you're kind of just left feeling alone. So about building that community, um, it's just, it's probably, it's the, it's the base and the foundation of a house. You can't build the house without having the proper support and the proper beams and the proper structure. Um, so finding finding the community to fill those voids so that they can build on a solid foundation instead of sticks
0: <laughs> yeah that's really true uh, and just looking a little bit more at like mentorship um, just the qualities and like things you want to aim for to like ha- be a good mentor or like what do you look for in a good mentor yeah,
1: so as I mentioned um, <laughs> I, I did did do a little bit i uh, not for me. Definitely need, like I said earlier, some patience, lots of kindness and empathy. Um, But you really need to want to love it and you really need to want to change lives. Um, Like you really, like go for it. You can't, you can't half, I don't know if I can swear, (laughs) you can't half, but <laughs> half, but the job for mentorship—you really got to give it your all, and it takes—it takes all of you to do it. Because those kids who you're trying to mentor—they already have enough half-butt people in their life. Like you're trying to fill the void, you need to be all in. That's probably one of the best qualities I can say. Because your kiddos can feel when you're not. Your kiddos can feel when it's a job for you. Um, so be all in, be fun, be exciting, and just be safe, a safe space for them. Any, any space that gets them away from their daily life that maybe they need an escape from. So just be safe, caring, and have fun with it. Don't, don't treat it like a job. Um, they say, you know, in nursing homes, this, this is not, this isn't my mom's job. It's her home now. It's your job, but it's her home. Um, and it's it kind of translates down the same way. Like, it's it's your job, but it's that kid's life. You're going to make lasting impacts on that child, teenager, whatever age you're working with, for good or for bad. Um, and And you really need to focus on that and not take that lightly because – you're there to support and help grow a tiny human that is having a hard time maybe accomplishing those goals with his family or her family. And, uh, and you need to be all in.
0: Yeah, no, I like, I think that's like one of the most important things. And even just the safe space. um, Can we maybe talk about like what uh, a safe space looks like or like what you can do to help provide a safe space for a youth going through that? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So
1: definitely like trust, As I mentioned, foundation for everything. So you just kind of got to eventually show them. And it takes work. A lot of these kiddos have trauma. They're not going to come trust you. They're not going to want to play with you at first. You got to get to know them. Um, And sometimes your personalities just don't match. And that's okay, too. Um, Just find someone else. But, uh, yeah, so safe space. Just be there for them until they know that you are. And that sounds ridiculous, but like you really just got to show them over and over and over again. Um, my son struggles with some of these issues. I'm not going to go too deep into it cause it's his issue. But um, like the other day he was having a hard day and I just held him while he like wailed and like just squeezed him so hard. And like despite his best efforts to get me off of him, <laughs> I wasn't going anywhere um because he needed I could tell he needed that safe space, and he wasn't like really fighting me off. he was kind of like half button it to see if to see if I would leave him alone or not, and like trying to push a little bit, push that envelope, which a lot of trauma trauma kiddos do so he, yeah he um <laughs> But I just, you know, I mean, I'm not saying grab a hold of your kiddo and hug the poop out of them, but that's, I had to do that and, and it made him feel a world better. He came out a couple minutes later after I left and he said like, thank you so much. I really needed that. Like, and I could tell. So you really just, even if it looks like they don't want you to be there for them, you really got to just buck it up and be there, show up for them. Um... That's probably the first start to building that trust, because a lot of these kiddos, folks leave, paid relationships leave, um, volunteers leave, and it's no one's fault. It just is what it is. But to build that trust up, you've got to have that solid foundation that you're not going to go anywhere anytime soon, that you're there to help and you're and you're stuck with them <laughs> for a little bit anyway <laughs>
0: yes uh so i'm just gonna thank you for coming on today we talked about so many good points and uh just like strong things that i think need to be heard <laughs> yeah thanks uh, so much for having me yeah no worries uh and thank you to everyone who is listening to us we will get you next time on uh, road to permanency <laughs>